0: Good morning. Wow. Good morning. I know it's dreary outside. I know, I know it's cloudy. I wore a, I wore a jacket today, just to help you feel like fall's really here, right? Come on. My, my drummer said, we will wear a hoodie next time. Maybe it'll look better." Right? You know, I'm like Come on, we got to dress up sometimes. You know, it is so cool. I love this time of the year, but I also know it's a time of the year where we're just kind of getting back into the the groove, and I'm so glad you're here at Hope today, because we're talking about how to grow closer to our Lord. We're trying to talk about how how do we get closer in our relationship to Him. So I want you to do this. I want you to open your Bibles this morning uh, to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 12 is where we're going to spend our time together. And uh, as you do that, let me just kind of reinforce what uh, what David and, and Justin were saying. We, we are doing some different things with our kids today, and not in the way we teach them, but where we teach them. We now have uh, acquired a room for our elementary kids, and I don't know if that helps you out, but i tell you what it helps me out, to know that they're in a room that actually has a door. It's a cool thing. You know, there's not just curtains like holding them back. It's a great place to come in and learn together. And our new principal here at the high school has been so great to us. He was like, you know what, just try it out. See if you like it. Then we'll talk about it later. And I thought, what a blessing to have someone that's actually helping us and working with us, so today, listen. Let's uh, let's open our hearts. I've had you stand and sit so many times that I feel like I should make you kneel now or something. I don't know. And then we would like get the whole calisthenic of church going, but we'll let you sit and uh, and read today. If you brought a, if you have your communication card, pull it out because I really want you to take some notes today. Because what we're going to talk about is worship that pleases God. Worship that pleases God. We began a few weeks back, really kind of entering into this. Uh, development of saying, God, here we are coming out of summer. Summer's a great time. We, we enjoy summer around here, and, and, and yet summer is that time where sometimes we get out of the habits of, of spending time with God because our, our, our focus kind of goes beach and then God, maybe beach and then God, and then we, we're trying to find out where we are with him, and yet we're fixing to enter into a season in the fall where as a church we have experienced God giving us great favor in our community uh, of greeting new folks and, and, and meeting new people and seeing God develop His church. So we, we thought if we would just to take some time and talk about some very basics of, of what it would be to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And we talked about prayer first and how that we, we pray to God not to get but to come into His presence. We pray to God to to build relationship with him and and not just to make ourselves feel good because there's power in prayer. God knows what we need, but he calls us to bring to him all of our requests. In fact, he says in the word, he says, cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for us. It's a relational point. We we don't pray... uh, Oh, God in heaven, far, far away, who we don't know and we wish we could, Uh, please don't be angry at us, and uh, here's my needs, God, and I really don't deserve to be here. But yet, for some people, that's kind of how they've been taught to pray. But prayer is like having that communication with the person you love the most and coming to them in a point of worship and expectation, saying, God, I want to be with you. Because where you are, Scripture says, there is fullness of joy. Where you are, there is peace that passes understanding. God, where you are, there is strength, God, for everything I need in my life. So we talked about how to pray, and you can go back and and listen to those podcasts. We talked about how to even use the the Lord's Prayer, uh, not to recite in some rote way, but to learn a path of prayer that will help you. Then we turned a week ago to our worship. And what does worship look like? Because the thing we need to understand is that God created everybody on this earth with the ability and the need to worship something. Now, unfortunately, it's not always God, but we all worship something because worship is expressing our love toward way, that which we value the most. And it's, it's, a, it's a point of, of devotion. It's a, it's a point of understanding then my life revolves around something bigger than I am. And we talked last week about how God has called us to offer to him something that he does not have. Because that's really what worship is. It's not just singing and clapping and, and raising hands and, and, and prayer. We're going to talk about some of those things today. But really the essence of worship is offering God something that he does not have. You say, well, Mike, he owns it all. How, what does he not have? He does not have that which only we can offer to him, and that's our lives. Don't, don't, do you see that? God, God is not a God that takes from us. He, he doesn't force us into worship, right? He doesn't, he's like, you know, bow down or I'm going like to lightning bolt you. you know? No, he's, he's a God that says, I want you to know me, and I invite you to come know me. In fact, he says in Scripture, check it out up here, James 4, he says, If you come near to God, he will come near to you. If you make that point of going toward God, he comes closer to us. So as we worship him, what we're doing is we are offering something to him that he will not take. And that's our gratitude, our thanks, our love, our devotion, and our connection to God. So we talked last week about how that we, we can't substitute other things for God. Because there's a lot of things we can substitute for him. For many of us, we, we substitute this the things of the world. We, we, if we're not careful, we'll just worship the world system. It's all about our job or it's all about our, our income or our retirement account or our home or our car or, or those type of things. We, we are not guilty, I don't think, of, of uh, Old Testament worshiping like calves and birds and reptiles and all that, but, but yet we've replaced them today with other things, things that get in the way of putting God first. We talked about not letting pride get in the way of worship. How that we sometimes can go nuts for our football team, but when we come around God, we think he's like uh, afraid for us to raise our voice sometimes. But we talked about also how that God calls us to worship him as we are. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we worship God in a way that pleases him? Look in Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 12, verse 30 uh, is, is the greatest commandment in God's Word, according to God's Word. He says there's the greatest commandment, there's one just like it, and the greatest is this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. He says, and the second commandment is like, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. But the first and greatest one is that we are to love God with all that we are, our, our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. You see, we have to understand about God. God is not a halfway God. God is not a part-time God. He he is not interested in partial devotion. He's not interested in half-hearted commitment. He's not interested in the leftovers of our time or our energy or our finances. One of the things we're going to study in this new series called Unstuck is we're going to study the fact of order. Order in life brings us to that place of happiness and joy. And the order begins by putting God at the center of everything. Putting God first above all else. Because we serve a God that says, I want you to learn to love me with everything that you are. You see, we sometimes get hung up in our culture uh, when we talk about worship, focusing on style, right? We're big into style. Well, what's the right style to worship God in? Do we worship God loudly and with clapping and praise and, or do we worship God solemnly and quietly? And, and we get hung up in the thoughts of what is the best style to worship God or what is the best place to worship God. I've talked to people in the community, they're like, you're worshiping God at the high school? How does that work? It works pretty well, actually. In fact, uh, most churches wish they had this auditorium, right, to, to worship God in. But we get hung up in those things. Where's the best place? What's the best time? How do, we, how do we worship God? You know, Jesus encountered this even in his own time. There was a story where one day he encountered a, a Samaritan woman. And um, we're not going to read the whole story today. There's some great lessons in that story. But in the, in the conversation he had with her, she Wanted to point out to him that, you know, the Jewish people, y'all worship God over here, but but we worship God at a different place, at a temple over here. And, and and she was trying to argue with him, what's the best place or season or time to worship God? And he he stopped her. And basically, what he said to her is this: He said that God is not really focusing so much on the external realities of worship. What he is looking for is our hearts. What's important is not where or how we worship, but how much of ourselves do we give to God? How much of ourselves do we bring to him? Do we give him our everything or do we just kind of give God a little leftover and a little hand wave and a little clap every once in a while? You see, church worship is so vital to our experience as followers. Worship both corporately like we do here today by teaching his word, by singing, by praying together. Worship in our homes, in our cars. It's so vital that we have to recognize that God is not so hung up as we are on how we worship as much as whether we worship him with our whole heart and our whole mind and our whole strength. In fact, I, I, I love the thought of, of teaching worship because uh, those who have been with us for a while, y'all know I grew up in a small Pentecostal church. Anybody know what a small Pentecostal church is like? How many know that worship in that place is not silent? Worship in that place involves sweat, okay? Because it's active, it's moving, it's happening. And I remember as a kid trying to figure it all out. You know, it's like your first football game. You know, you're, you're watching going, okay, what's, what's the audible? Okay, okay, go, now we're going to the hand clap. Okay, let's all, yeah, that's awesome, God. And then it's like someone starts running, we're like, why, is it, why are they running, you know? And then all of a sudden other people are running, we're like, okay, we're all running now, and I don't know why we're running, but hey, I'm a kid, I'm going to run, you know, why not? And uh, then someone starts like, woo, you know, screaming, and are like, okay, maybe we need to scream, and, and I'm thinking, this is fun, but it's kind of crazy, you know? It's kind of crazy. And I had to learn the, the flow of worship. In fact, I want you to see a little video this morning that might, might help you out in understanding sometimes how different people worship God. Check this out.
1: And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship. Some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Am I here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> <laughs> some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. I want to, to, I need to get some momentum. (laughs) Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking, start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV, that's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's, my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you go out there. That's fine, don't worry about it. Jesus loves you, grace. Next one's, hold my baby. Hold my baby. Uh, dueling light bulbs. That's our next one. Dueling light bulbs. We got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn. Right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa. That's my favorite. The circle of life. <laughs> Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. You're set.
0: Village people... Oh, I mean, you know, it's okay to laugh in church, right? That, that's funny. I don't care what you think, you know? Because, again, we get so hung up. I had someone tell me last week when I told them we're going to teach on worship, like, oh, great, you're going to teach us whether we raise our hands or don't raise our hands. No, we're going to teach you what God desires in worship. And guess what? It's right here. He desires us, right? He desires all that we are. And we're going to talk about how we, how we worship God, whether you wash the windows or light bulbs or whatever you do. We're going to talk about what pleases God in worship. Because here's what you have to understand. Worship styles vary. They vary from church to church and region to region. And, it, it, you know, one of the privileges I've had is traveling overseas and worshiping God in different settings. And, and, and it just looks different, right? So it's not a matter of God going, well, if you, you, know, if you didn't raise your hands high, then that, that, that's not going to count today. Or if you didn't clap on beat, I'm going to take you out. And uh, if you clap at the wrong place or you dare bring a tambourine, we will shoot you, okay? No, we're, you know, God is just saying, I want this. I want this to be expressed in a way that honors my creation. I want this to be expressed in a way that gives devotion to the King of kings and Lord of lords. In Hebrews 12, 28, it talks about, about there, that there are certain things that God desires from us, and in fact, they please him. It says this, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. In other words, since God has given us through Christ this certainty, this, this understanding that he is in control and that, that we, are, we are his word workmanship, and he cares for us. He says, we're receiving this kingdom that's unshakable. The future is promised to us, eternity in Christ. He says, let us then be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. You know, how do you, how do you worship God with holy fear and awe? I'm, I'm gonna tell you this morning, okay? So, so get ready to take a few notes here. Here's what it is. In other words, he's saying, worship God in a way that pleases him. Worship God in a way that honors him. We, we, love, the, we love the book around here, The, the Five Love Languages. Everybody read the, the love language book, right? We use that a lot in, uh, in premarital counseling and other places. And the premise of that book is that all of us have this uniqueness that, that, that it allows us to accept love. It allows us to understand that someone else loves us and we try to teach each other to express love to someone in a way that they accept it. Well, in the same way, scripture says that that God has a love language. He has a way that he asks us to come and worship him that pleases the Lord. And, and to do that, what we're going to do, there's four things I'm going to share with you. So write these down this morning. What kind of worship pleases God? Because can I tell you, it's not about music. It's not about style of music. It's not about style of church. Do you understand that? You can worship God with a pipe organ and hymns. Can I get an amen? I know that was the wrong thing to ask you all, right? You can you can worship God with no music at all. Been there done that. You can worship God without being able to sing on tune. How do I know that? Because some of you stand behind me sometimes. It does that's not the issue. The issue is do we worship God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength? So the first thing that pleases God in worship is what I call accurate worship. Accurate worship pleases God. John chapter 4 verse 23 says this, yet a time is coming and is now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. You see, worship that pleases God must be based on the truth of who He is, it must be based on the truth of a scripture of who God is and not just our opinion of God. You see, God has continually revealed Himself to us through scripture. We talked about this two weeks ago in the Old Testament. We, we saw the various names of God that spoke of his nature. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals, or Jehovah uh, Shalom, the God of peace, or, or Jehovah Nisi, the, the victory, the banner, we run to him. We talked about he reveals himself through scripture, and then he revealed himself ultimately through us through Christ. And so we need to learn to worship God for all that he is. It's easy to worship a God if all we see him as is, is a God who is loving, right? Oh, God, you love us. It's so good. God, you care for us. Thank you so much. But yet we're also called to worship a God who is holy and who is just. We're also called to worship a God who who is strong in his jealousy over us, but he's also the one who is long-suffering and patient toward us. You see, we've got to be careful that we don't do what a lot of people do these days, and that is create a God in our own image, a God that we are comfortable with, a God that we can uh, just want to hang out with because we've kind of narrowed him down into this image of a God just like us. Church, that's idolatry. We we don't worship a God who's just like us because he's not like us. He, he loves us. He is a God we can trust. He is a God we have our hope in, but he is not a man like us. I love what the scripture says. He's not a man that he would lie, all right? He doesn't change like shifting shadows. He is constant, and so when we worship him, we must worship him in the truth of who he is. So to bring God worship that pleases him, we've got to get to know him. We've got to get to know his nature, Say, how do you do that? Well, you do it in the Word. You do it by by studying God's Word and and letting it get into you that that He is the same God from the beginning to the end. That He is a God that, I love the, the big theological term, immutable. He doesn't change. He doesn't wake up one day in a bad mood. Can I get an amen to that, right? He doesn't get tired or weary. He is always the same for us. He's loving. He's patient. He's just. He's holy. He's a jealous God. And so to worship him in a way that pleases him, we need to learn who he is to us. We need to learn who he is to us. You see, here's what I understand. Some of us have gone through things where maybe we become disappointed with God. Maybe there's some things that have happened because we live in this sin-cursed world that we don't know what to do with, so we just reflected on God. Well, God's not a good God because I've gone through this. And we have a hard time worshiping because we've gone through this. But can I tell you, church, he has not changed. A lot of what we go through is just because we live in this sin-cursed world right now, right here, but yet as we sang this morning, no matter what we go through, we keep following the one who will help us overcome. He is faithful, and because of that, we can worship him in truth. He's not weak, he's strong. He's not absent, he is there. And if we worship him, we worship him in truth. So the first part is this, we've got to be accurate in our worship toward God. There's a second part in this out of the scripture, and that is that authentic worship Pleases God. Authentic worship pleases God. Jesus said that true worshipers would worship Him in truth, but they would also worship Him in spirit. Now, what He's referring to there in spirit is not the Holy Spirit, He's referring to the spirit of you and I. You, you, You remember, we are spiritual beings living in an earthly body with an eternal existence that one day we will experience, no longer limited by these earthly bodies. So he's telling us if we're going to worship him in truth, we also have to worship him in spirit, responding to God, responding with a genuine heartfelt worship and praise to him. Here's how that works out. When we worship God, we need to mean what we say. You know, we tell our kids, I mean what you say. <laughs> if you're going to say it, back it up, Right. He says we need to worship him with our words that mean something. We need to worship him with our words that offer up something to him. And and we need to worship in a way that is pure to ourselves. Worship is not just a matter of learning to say a few spiritual praises (laughs) and and saying praise God at the end of it. He wants authenticity. He wants authentic worship. He wants something that is real to us. He wants something that comes from who we are. Because heartless praise is not praise at all. Heartless praise is is not praise at all. In fact, it is an insult to God to just go through the motions. Blessed Father, hallowed be your name. Glad you're here, amen. Woohoo! I'm in church, thank you. God's not looking for that. He's looking for what's real. You say, well, Mike, I don't always feel like worshiping God. Worship is an act of the will sometimes. It's coming to that place to offer a sacrifice of praise. It's coming to that place where it's saying, God, I don't feel it right now, God. And in our culture, God, they're not singing my song right now, so I can't get in the groove. But it's saying, I'm going to worship you anyway, God, because what you want is not a song. What you want is my heart, God. What you want is not a rhythm, God. What you want is my being, God, worshiping you in spirit and in truth. You see, authentic worship engages the emotions, but it's not all about emotions, you know, we, we've kind of been brought into that. Again, back to the church I grew up in, I thought, man, if you weren't crying, something was wrong with you. You know, if you weren't shouting like someone just scored a touchdown at the Super Bowl, then you must not love God. I, I remember the jumping phase. Anyone ever remember the jumping phase of worship? This is going to date some of y'all, right? Do you remember the jumping phase? Yeah, you know, we're going to jump to God. And my problem is I mess both my knees up playing football, and jumping feels really, really bad. And I I remember sitting in a revival service. Guy goes, if you're not jumping for God, you must not love him. And I'm thinking, dude, my knees are killing me, you know. It has nothing to do with whether I can jump. And you don't want to see a fat man jump anyway. You want to see a praise to God that is good. But It's not about just what you do. Again, it's who you are. God wants authentic worship. He wants it to be real to our personality, but yet He wants it to be real to our emotions as well. Listen, guys, our emotions have to be genuine and not fake because God never asks for a performance from His children. Can you get that in your heart this morning? He never asks for a performance from His children. He wants honest, real love expressed that comes out of our heart. You see, that's why I hope we even try our best, and I know sometimes we miss it, but we try our best even in what we sing, to sing songs that aren't just so introspective about us, we forget that it's all about him. You know, we we can sing navel-gazing songs all day long, we can feel bad about it, and we can come around and hold each other and sing kumbaya, and we can walk out of this place, and God has had nothing to say to us, because it's got to be about God. Authentic worship is about him, it's not about us. Our biggest distraction in worship is not the music, it's not the setting, it's not the lights, it's not the air conditioning. Our biggest distraction in worship is us. It's us. We get in the way because we feel like we can't be real before God. We get in the way because we're afraid about what someone else may think. We get in the way because maybe we've had a bad day and we just don't feel like coming into God's presence or or even honoring Him at all. So we've got to be careful that, uh, that we don't just focus solely on us. And our feelings, can I tell you something? Feelings will fool you. Feelings will let you down. Just because you feel something doesn't make it true, does it? Come on, right? You need to understand that just because you feel something. I love it with a lot of our newlyweds. We have so many newly, new couples in here. And you know, after about a month or so, I usually get a coffee or so, and it's like, I don't, I don't feel like I love him like I used to love him. Yeah, you do. You just, you just finally got past the, uh, the infatuation stage, and now the real work of loving someone for a lifetime is starting to happen. And guess what? There are days you don't feel like you love them. Don't say amen too loud. But they love you anyway, and God will give you the strength to continue loving them. It's not about emotion. It's about that commitment to God and that commitment with all of our heart. You see, worship engages our emotions, but authentic worship goes beyond our emotions and expresses our love toward, toward God in a way that is honest to who we are. Listen, this this is an argument that I always get when people talk about worship. God wants you to worship him in how he created you. I used to feel bad for quiet people in my church growing up. I used to feel bad for introverts in my church growing up. Because I would watch them, and it's like, it's like the picture a while ago. They, you know, lifting hands was like they needed cranes or something to crank them up. It's just not who they are. And, and, and expressing your worship. I had, had one old guy, he, was, he just looked at me. He goes, he had this, this droopy face. He goes, do I look like a person who gets excited? I'm like, no, you don't. But <laughs> let something get excited in you every once in a while, okay? Uh, here, here's my test with emotion, simply put, okay? If your favorite team scores and you get excited about it, you can get excited about God. How's that? Is that fair enough? It doesn't need to go only beyond that. It's not about working something up. It's just about expressing worship to the one who created you because you don't bring glory to God by trying to be something you are not. So we need to focus this morning that accurate worship, authentic worship pleases God. But also the third thing is this, and that is that thoughtful worship pleases God. Jesus commanded us to love our God with our minds four times in the Scripture. Don't, you don't disengage the brain to worship God. You worship God with thoughtfulness also. I mean, think about this for a second. What if, what if you walked in one day, and, and, uh, and I just came to you, and I just like knelt before you, and I just started saying, oh, I praise you, 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 I praise you. About 10 times in that, you're going to go, for what? <laughs> what do you praise me about, right? What, what are you trying to say here? thoughtfulness says there's something about you that is worthy of praise and I'm going to express that to you because I've got to engage our our mind in worship to bring God something that is real for God is not interested in thoughtless singing in prayer cliches or repetition exclamations of praise the Lord in fact Jesus said that's vain repetitions he goes I don't even get that so we've got to engage our brains Again, coming up in church, learning how to be a Christian, again, it was confusing. I didn't really come to know the Lord fully until I was 16. So again, I'd been cultured around this church where it's like anything goes. And, and I had to really learn, what does it mean? And in my brain, I started putting it together. I was like, okay, if I string together three hallelujahs and two praise the Lord's, and God, I honor you, I've got this worship thing down. I have got it. They think I am spiritual, right? And, and I added some things to that over the time. I listen to people, and I'm like, oh, how you, how you say hallelujah. That, that actually might get closer to God, so I begin to learn to say hallelujah. You know, have to, again, it's all these things. you kind of taken it all in, and it's confusing. Until one day I was in a meeting, and a pastor challenged us to do something. He says, I dare you this week to enter into, God, enter into God's presence in worship in your home or whether you're in church, wherever you are, without using the words praise, hallelujah, or worship. And I thought, that's not fair. You changed the rules. How am I supposed to worship God without saying worship? How am I supposed to praise God without saying praise or, or hallelujah or amen or something like that? And that challenge led me to something because I'm one that takes on a challenge. It led me to say, okay, well, then if I'm gonna praise him, then what am I praising him for? For. What am I saying anything to him about? So I began to change how I praise God. And it was, Lord, I praise you for, for your never-ending love for me. I love you for your patience because I don't get it right most of the time and I'm trying, Lord. I, I, I thank you for your grace that gives me not what I deserve. in your mercy, O oh God, that the Lord is new every morning. So I began to focus on the nature of God. And I began to change how I thought about worshiping. And my prayer life changed. My worship life changed. Because I began to thank him for being my provider. And that alone was worth prayer and praise. I began to thank him because he was my healer and my wholeness. that I was made whole through him. I begin to thank him and tell him, Lord, I love you because Lord, you're always with me. You never leave me alone. I'm not, I'm not in this thing on my own, and you're just up in heaven somewhere watching, hoping I get it right. I, I begin to thank him because he was my ever-present help in time of trouble. Do, do you get the correlation of scripture? The more scripture you get into you, the more you you take on the, the words of God that speak of who he is, it makes worship very, very easy and it makes it very fun. Because now you're not just trying to please God with your energy or praise God with your will or praise God with your with your learning the traditions of a church now you're praising God out of an outflow of his Holy Spirit through you through his word you see we need to learn to worship him with our our minds we need to learn to worship him in in a way that captures who he is see God honors thoughtful worship and can I tell you he especially honors thoughtful worship when we gather together like this In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote an entire chapter in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, about what it should look like when we gather together. He says there's an order that ought to be established. There's something that we ought to do uh, to to lift up the name of God without confusing everybody else. In fact, he said everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Why? I mean, can't we just do what we want to do? Can't we, like the guy in my church, just get up and hoot and start running? we're all like, what the is he running for? You know, I mean, just, it, can't we just come in and express our emotion and just dominate everything? He says, no. He said, because there may be unbelievers among you that you're just gonna confuse all out. And they're not gonna have an understanding of who God is because they're gonna be like, if, if, if I have to be like that, then I'm never going toward God. If I have to do this, then I'm never going to be close to him. You see, our worship should be one of the greatest witnesses we have to people who are far from God, and it should not be a hindrance to them coming to know who Christ is. That was good preaching whether you said amen or not. See, I've been trying to lead us into growing in our expression of worship. We always have to remember it's about him, and it's not about us. Years ago, I, I traveled a lot, and I, I preached in various churches, and I, I, I loved kind of going into the different atmospheres because every church was different that I'd go and preach in. But I, one day, I, I went to a church that really kind of made this true to me about, about order and about why we should do some things we do. Have you ever been to, into a church that is a flag-waving church? Anybody, can I, can I get a witness? You know what I'm talking about? And I'm not talking little flags like this. I'm talking like major banners, Right? And and, and we see that in Scripture and Psalm. They would do some, like, banner waving at times. But I I learned something about banner waving. If you're going to wave a banner, you should sit in the back of the church. Because one day as I'm worshiping God in this church and I'm, like, doing my thing and I'm, like, I'm praising God, the music was good, I kept hearing this whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And I looked up and the line of the tribe of Judah about decapitated me in front of the church right there. I mean, it was coming in about neck high. I had to hit the ground. It would whoosh over the top of me. And and I'm thinking, these people are loving Jesus, but I'm out of here. I mean, you might as well pull the snakes out, right? It was just done at that point because they were missing a point that it wasn't about them. It was about God, and it was about being a witness to those who may not know God. So we must be thoughtful in our worship and we must be accurate, we must be uh, just authentic in who we are, but we also must be practical. And that's the last thing today about worship that pleases God is that it is also practical, all right? Romans 12, verse one says, therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper worship. I love that scripture, but I don't like that scripture. I love it because he kind of brings some clarity and says, this is your true and proper worship. So we're like, okay, we're cluing in here. But then he says, offer your bodies as living what? Sacrifices. What's that? How do you how do you offer your body as a living sacrifice? Because in the Old Testament, sacrifices, what happened to sacrifices? They died, right? They were burned up. They would offer a dove or a lamb or a goat or a bull or a grain offering. And the deal was they were, they were burned up. They were offered to God once, and, and that was it. There was no continuation to it, okay? And there was importance to that if you read the Old Testament because they were, they were kind of foreshadowing the sacrifice of Christ on the cross who gave his life once and for all for us. But God is now asking us to offer these living sacrifices that he said he's pleased with. It's our holy and our acceptable worship. And what he's speaking about is this. He says, I want you to bring something living to me that costs you something. I want you to bring something living to me that costs you something that goes beyond just a moment and an experience. You see, when we offer God something that costs us, we're offering things that maybe go against our emotion at the moment. We're offering God thanksgiving, Oh, God, I, I thank you. There's times, I don't know about you, but there's times I'll, we express that in praise. I'm like, God, we thank you. And then your mind goes to all the things that have gone wrong during the week. I'm like, okay, God, I'm really trying to thank you right now. But, but it's costing me this, this will to say, all right, God, I'm gonna thank you because, Lord, I'm still living, God. Praise is a sacrifice. Humility is a sacrifice. Repentance is an act of worship. In fact, I think one of the reasons why, and, and, and I, I say I think this, I, I believe this with all my heart, one of the reasons I think every time we gather corporately we need to spend time in worshiping God in song, we need to worship him in prayer and praise together, is I believe in that moment, the scripture says this in Psalms, it says that we enthrone God in the midst of us when we do that. I, don't know, I get that mental picture every time we come here. I don't know if you can do that or not, but when you think about it, you come into this place and we're worshiping God, if you can just picture the throne of God being over us, and then I think of what his scripture says, grace and mercy flow from his throne to you and I. And what does that do? What it does for me is this. I think when we worship the Lord, it's a very authentic, very transparent time. If there are things in my life that I've been battling, whether there's sinful habits or, or maybe there's thoughts that are overwhelming or there's, there's struggles I'm going through, those get exposed by God in times of worship. And instead of feeling guilty or, or instead of feeling bad or instead of trying to hide them from God, what it brings through me is this authentic repentance and saying, God, thank you for showing me that. Lord, I don't want to be controlled by anything, God, that takes me away from your presence. God, thank you for pointing that out by your Holy Spirit. Lord, can I release that to you right now? And there are times in the middle of worship, I'm not singing, I'm, I'm just speaking to God. I'm laying it out because worship exposes But it also brings healing. Because when it's exposed, that's where that grace and mercy come flowing into our lives. So repentance is part of that living sacrifice. We offer God our prayers. We offer God our, our service when we serve others. We offer God that sacrifice when we share with the needs of others. When we give to Him. Because real worship that pleases God always comes at a cost. It always comes at a cost. David in the Old Testament said, I will not offer to God that which costs me nothing church we shouldn't either there comes a real cost can i tell you it's not waking up early on sunday and coming to a church that's not a cost the cost is being real before god the cost is not covering everything up in that glib way we do hey how you doing fine awesome great god's good the cost is being real The cost is in worship, when we come into God's presence, maybe just like I was saying a while ago, just releasing your repentance to God. It may be coming to someone and asking their forgiveness. It may be be just moving into this place where we're saying, God, I'm tired of everything being focused on me, God. I want to worship you, Lord, so help me give up this prideful desire just to please me. Because worship was not given to us just to please us. Can I get an amen to that? In fact, self-centeredness, one of the things God does in worship, he's trying to get us to crawl up on the altar and die to that. He's trying to get us to crawl up on the altar and offer that living sacrifice. It's not all about me. It's all about him. You see, worship that pleases God shifts our focus off ourselves and gets them right where God is. Here's the last thing we're going to pray together, and that is that sometimes your worship must come out of an act of will from you to him to say, God, I'm worshiping you. God, I'm worshiping you no matter what. God, God, I'm I'm entering your presence, God, no matter what, God. I may not feel it, but God, today, I give it to you. I had an experience like that this week. Monday, uh, about one o'clock, I have this rule, and I broke a rule. Any of you ever broke a rule? So I'm not gonna be the only one being guilty. I broke a rule. And my rule is always this. No matter who I'm with or where I'm at, if my phone pops up that it's one of my kids calling I answer the phone mom and dad you understand that and I was in the meeting and I was in a meeting that was very very serious it was very intense and my, my phone popped up and it, it was a phone call from my middle son Wesley and whatever reason I broke my rule I hit the text <laughs> busy call you back later and immediately I got a text back that says dad I was in a bad accident and I was like Okay, meeting over. (laughs) Meeting done. And I walked out and I I got the phone and praise God he's fine, but it was he was shaken up, it was a bad act, hit his head against the window and all this stuff. And and I I immediately got just gripped by fear and by anxiety and by worry because I couldn't be there. He's 21 years old. I still he's still this to me, right? I couldn't be there. And I'm standing outside of this guy's house and I just, I just feel that all over me. It's just coming down on me. I'm just like, God, I'm, I'm just, what am I gonna do? <laughs> and as soon as I'm talking to you right now, just that, that spirit of the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, just worship me. Just put it back where it belongs. And I begin to thank God for my son, Wesley. I begin to thank God for protecting him. I begin to thank God for my love for him. I begin to thank God for what all God has put into his life. And can I tell you something? It took that fear and it brought it into this confidence that God is in control. You see, authentic worship, transparent worship, grips us in the most reality of our emotions, wherever we are at. But it reflects away from us to him. And when we do that, all that he is comes into our life. And that's what I want for us guys. Draw close to God, he will draw close to you. This morning, I want you to stand with me. We're going to close in prayer. And I thought it kind of ironic that today we keep worship. It's kind of quiet in here. <laughs> As I was praying for you this week and praying through this message, I was like, God, this is not about learning to wash the windows or whatever else. This is, this is about your promise to us. It said, if we want to get close to you, you're not a God that stiff arms us, that, that holds back, that says, I'm not interested in you. You're a God that says in Matthew's gospel, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek. He says, I am meek and lowly in heart, and, hard, and I will give, you'll find rest for your souls. I really feel this morning just laying this out before you. For some of you, worship is this this other experience over here that's like it's not part of you. And my hope for you is this, is that worship becomes the natural flow of your life. That wherever you are, you're present with God. Wherever you are, you recognize he is with you. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, you're able to experience his peace that says, I'm here. I'm here. So here's what I want us to do this morning. I want you to bow your heads right now. We're going to pray. We're just going to ask God to help us to just take five five minutes, whatever that feels like, and be honest in your worship before God. Now, Now listen carefully. Listen carefully. Be honest in your worship before God. Yes, the band's going to lead a song. It's a new song. So you probably won't be able to sing with it. But that's, the song's not what's important. In these moments, before we close the service today, I just want you to stop. And in your mind, even right now, I want you to begin to, to just formulate, God, what do I want to say to you? God, what can I say to you today? For some, it may be very raw. It may be, God, here's how I feel. Here's what I'm going through. For, for some, it may be very foreign. Maybe you're here, you're listening on podcasts, and, and you're, still, you're still trying to find where God is in your life, and I can tell you, he's right there reaching out to you, and he's inviting you to come and know him through his son, Jesus Christ, who, who did the most, most awesome act of any kind of devotion in this world. He did this because he gave his life for us on the cross, and God invites us to, to know God through his son, Jesus, and I encourage you to do that. For others this morning, maybe, maybe when you think about talking to God, you've gotten into these religious rituals where you might as well be reciting in a, a creed or a code or a, or a prayer by, by rote. But I just want you to be honest before God. And whatever it is you say to him, ask him to help you to turn that, to learn to turn that into praising him and accepting his grace for your time of need accepting your, his mercy for what you can't do anything about. And as we do that this morning, I'm gonna invite you to join this song. I'm gonna invite you to come to communion because there we, we recognize again what Christ did for us, the brokenness of his body that makes us whole, the blood that was shed that forgives our sins. And then we're gonna come back in a place where we're gonna just praise him together. So right now, Father, help us respond to you. God, help us to take just a few moments, oh God, as, as Matt leads this song, God, Lord, just to verbalize to you a praise, God, to verbalize you a thanks, to be honest with you today, God. God, to truly worship who you are. Father, I thank you. God, I give you praise. God, I give you, Lord, gracious. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Just keep your eyes closed for a moment. Just begin to think about what do you want to say to God. Matt, why don't you lead us in the song?